Welcome again to Candlepen Radio. I'm Jasmine, Candlepen's Editor-in-Chief for Publication, and I'm here with my bestie, Jasmine. Hi everyone, Jasmine here, and I am Candlepen's Editor-in-Chief for Radio, and welcome to our second episode of Yours Truly, The Wild. Hi, I'm Nikki, but you can call me Nix, and I am one of the executive heads of Alaga PH. And I'm Aliyah, also one of the executive heads of Alaga PH. So, in today's episode, we will be talking about the importance of stopping animal testing, putting an end to zoos, and protecting the endangered species, and how these are the problems commonly faced by land animals. So, to start with the animal testing portion of our episode, do you guys remember that video Save Ralph, the one that went viral all over social media earlier this year? It was a short film released by the organization Human Society International to raise awareness regarding the harmful practice of cosmetic testing on animals. The sad reality is that Ralph is only one of the thousands of animals, or as they call it, testers, that are experimented on. I remember that video. I was actually so heartbroken when I first saw it, especially when Ralph was getting extremely hurt by the different cosmetics being tested on him. Yeah, same here. Ever since that video, I've been so curious. Like, what exactly is animal testing? So, according to Humane Society International, the term animal testing refers to procedures performed on living animals for purposes of research into basic biology and diseases, assessing the effectiveness of new medicinal products, and testing the human health and or environmental safety of consumer and industry products such as cosmetics, household cleaners, food additives, pharmaceuticals, and industrial agrochemicals. So all procedures, even those classified as mild, have the potential to cause the animal physical as well as psychological distress and suffering. So most of these animals are killed at the end of an experiment, but, but some are kept so they can be reused in subsequent experiments. The following are some of the most common animal testing procedures. First would be forced chemical exposure and toxicity testing, including oral force feeding, forced inhalation, skin or injection into the abdomen, muscle, and etc. Exposure to drugs, chemicals, or infectious disease at levels that cause illness, pain, and distress, or even death. Genetic manipulation, ear notching and tail clipping for identification. Short periods of physical restraint for observation or examination. Prolonged periods of physical restraint, food and water deprivation, surgical procedures followed by recovery, infliction of wounds, burns, and other injuries to study healing, infliction of pain to study its physiology and treatment, behavioral experiments designed to cause distress, example, electric shock or forced swimming, other manipulations to create animal models of human diseases ranging from cancer to stroke to depression killing by carbon dioxide, asphyxiation, neck breaking, decapitation, or other means. If we are talking specifically about cosmetic animal testing, this can include the testing of a finished product or the testing of chemical ingredients in its cosmetic formulation, sometimes even both. 
It's truly so sad to hear about how much pain and suffering these animals have to go through. Like, it's so saddening that so many beautiful animals like mice, fish, rats, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters, farm animals, birds, cats, dogs, mini pigs, monkeys, and even chimpanzees are forced to undergo testing. What's even more heartbreaking are the actual effects of these animal testings on the animals. So according to people for the ethical treatment of animals, animals that undergo testing are often left unattended to. So they're left to sit in their cages or in enclosed locations where they wait in fear of the next terrifying and painful procedure that will be performed on them. So additionally, the environment and living conditions in which they are kept leads to stress and even the development of behaviors like incessantly spinning in circles, rocking back and forth, pulling out their own fur, and even biting themselves. Eventually, after all the pain they were put through, most, if not all, of these animals are traumatized and left in pain. They're either killed or left to suffer until the pain becomes too much to bear. After hearing all of this, it's definitely easy to understand why people are taking action and calling for the ban of animal testing. In fact, with the presence of alternatives to animal testing today and studies that explain why animal testing isn't actually reliable or helpful, we see how there may be more efficient and effective courses of actions to take. For example, one of the reasons why people resort to animal testing is because of their desire to experiment or explore. An example of this could be wanting to know more about human diseases by replicating their symptoms in animals. However, what many people fail to account for when they resort to animal testing is that just because it works on animals does not mean it will guarantee the same results for us humans. There are still certain limitations which cannot make replicability and applicability of results exactly the same. According to the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, the concept of replacing, reducing, or refining animal use in research is commonly referred to as three R's. So replacing is substituting traditional animal models with non-animal systems like computer models or replacing a specific animal species with a less developed one. For example, replacing a mouse with a worm. Um, the second is reducing, so that is decreasing the number of the number of animals being tested on and lastly refining which is eliminating pain or distress caused to animals by enhancing their well-being through providing better housing or enrichment hearing this is so heartbreaking for me so for us and the listeners how can we help stop animal testing well actually the fight against animal testing has been going on for several years now but now more than ever it is crucial for us to fight for an end to the suffering and inhumane treatment to animals. Let's all work together to save not just Ralph, but all his animal friends too. The next time we buy something that is not cruelty or animal testing free, let's keep in mind how many animals suffer just so we can use these products. For our listeners who are wondering what else you can do to help, as simple as educating yourself and others around you of the dark truth of, of what's behind the scenes during animal testing is already helpful. Additionally, you can donate to organizations that actively participate in the movement against animal testing. Lastly, support brands that do not test on animals. There's this website called leapingbunny.org that I'd like to recommend. They have a shopping guide where brands that do not test on animals are listed down. This may be helpful for many of you. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to be more aware of the products I'm using and will take note of everything you guys mentioned. 
I learned so much about animal testing and how harmful it is to our dear animals. Same here. Now let's dive deeper into the issues and concerns of endangered species that still exist in our environment today. Alright, so as we all know, an endangered species is a living plant or animal that is considered at a risk for extinction. So according to the National Wildlife Federation, a species can be listed as endangered at the state, federal, and international level. So on the federal level, the endangered species list is managed under the Endangered Species Act. So advocating for this, pressing issues through various acts and causes is extremely significant because it prevents nature and wildlife from going extinct. That's right. But aren't you wondering how a plant or animal is considered as an endangered species after all? Well, we've got that answer just for you. When deciding whether a species should be added to the endangered species list, the following criteria are evaluated. Has a large percentage of the species' vital habitat been degraded or destroyed? Has the species been overconsumed by commercial, recreational, scientific, or educational uses? Is the species threatened by disease or predation? Do current regulations or reg legislations inadequately protect the species? Are the other man-made factors threatening the long-term survival of the species? If the answer to one or more of the above questions is yes, then the species can be listed under the Endangered Species Act. According to the National Wildlife Federation, a species receives special protections by the federal government once it is listed as threatened or endangered. With this, the main objective of the Endangered Species Act is to make species populations healthy and vital so they can be delisted from the act. Um, through this, each and every one of us um, will be able to see and understand the importance of keeping our environment and surroundings clean and healthy in order for these living creatures to live and thrive. If we continue to perform these acts that negatively impact our world, the effects of doing so would be extremely detrimental to the living conditions of these species. In knowing all of this, it is important for us to advocate for these species in our own little ways and to be more aware of how even our simple actions can greatly impact the world around us. With this, Endangered Species Day, which is celebrated every third Friday in May, is a way for us to celebrate endangered species, success stories, and learn about species that are still in danger. I agree. There are so many ways we can help, and even the littlest things we re would really make a great impact on these endangered species. So, what about zoos? I heard so many positive and negative things on this topic. Can you guys explain what all of this is about? Of course, did you guys know that multiple studies, reports, and articles report that zoos do more harm than good? According to In Defense of Animals, an international animal protection organization, the following are some of the ways why zoos are not beneficial for animals. First, animals are usually kidnapped from nature and brought to zoos. This separates them from their friends and families in the wild. Once a species is brought into a zoo, zoos tend to use captive breeding programs to produce younger animals. Additionally, zoos restrict the animals' activities such as their movements, behaviors, decisions, and with whom they socialize with. When animals get too old, zoos often kill the surplus animals or sell them to hunting ranches, medical laboratories, or poorly run roadside zoos. Animals in zoos are more prone to zoocosis, a mental illness that develops in animals held captive in zoos. Symptoms include pacing, circling, rocking back and forth, swaying, head bobbing, over-grooming, hair pulling and feather plucking, bar biting, excessive licking, and many more. 
According to the article written on Sentinel Media since 1995, have turned to antidepressants, tranquilizers, and antipsychotic drugs to alleviate depression and aggression among zoo animals across America. A study conducted in 2008 found that most captive-bred carnivores released into the wild do not survive for that long and this may be attributed to their lacking fear towards humans and crucial hunting skills. Lastly, according to a thesis written by Mahajan, zoos lead animals to feel lonely and unhappy especially since they are usually placed in enclosures surrounded by durable glass, fences, or bars. Moreover, taking animals out of the wild, especially younger animals, would take away their primal instincts and would cause them to be more sensitive to the dangers of the wild if released back. To add to this, there is a certain effect known as the visitor effect that negatively impacts animals in enclosures as a result of the interaction between zoo visitors and zoo animals, especially since animal interactions have become a popular tool for marketing amongst zoos. Um, these cause animals to experience the following, so um, stereotypes, just repetitive, non-functional behavior, apathy or inactivity wherein animal activity levels are below the normal ex- expected behavior for the species and their age, um, avoidance like hiding, covering, or turning their back on visitors, and aggressive behavior. Oh, I see. Now I know what all the commotion was all about. Thank you for shedding light on this matter. So, to wrap things up, why are these topics important to discuss? Well, in retrospect, we've come to discuss what animal testing is, alongside its procedures and effects. Furthermore, we've also come to realize the importance of putting an end to not only this, but the zoos as well, in order to protect endangered animals and their living conditions. At the center of most of these issues are land animals, also known as terrestrial animals. According to Biology Online, these animals are a contrast to animals that live amongst bodies of water as land animals live and spend most of their lives on land. It is also essential to note how and why these land animals are often the ones that fall victim to these procedures and are held captive. Well, that could be explained through its convenience. Unlike water animals, you would not need to replicate the extremely specific conditions to keep these animals alive. Another reason why land animals would be targeted, especially for animal testing, would be because they possess the anatomy and physiology that is most similar to humans. Another important factor to remember is that zoos cause more harm than help the animals. Bringing attention to the serious mistreatment that animals in zoos face, these animals develop mental diseases such as zoocosis as a result of their isolation and misery. Taking animals out of the wild would deprive them of their innate instincts, making them more vulnerable to the hazards of the wild if they were released back, hence further lessening their chance of survival. Following the information presented, we must be aware of the magnitude brought upon by the mistreatment and unethical activities on animals. It does not only show how inhumane a person can be, but it also shows how inconsiderate one can be purposely rid on organism. In this case, humans and animals are similar in the sense of their ability to feel and experience emotions and sensations. To ignore this fact would rid animals of their right to live and to be free. It is disheartening that these practices and activities do not just happen to a measly number of animals, as it happens to thousands and maybe even more. It, it hindsight's taking advantage of animals for the selfish gain of humans must be stopped at once. 
There are other methods to achieve answers and results without the use of animals for testing. There are other alternatives from which animals can be viewed without the risk of them being confined and apprehended. The only way that humans must tread on this is the human course of action that protects not just animals but also the environment wherein many species and organisms coexist. Banning and hindering illegal actions and maltreatment preserves what can be an undisturbed and composed of concurrence between animals and humans. Yes, that's it. Thank you so much, Alia and Nikki, for educating us on these very important topics. It's surprising how much we don't know about topics like these. To our listeners, we hope you learned as much as we did. This ends our episode for today. Catch us every last Wednesday of the month. Yours truly, The Wild. 